My friends, all human activity is animated by hope. At some level or another, hope informs everything we do. When a couple elects to unite in holy matrimony, they understand that their relationship is based in love and guided by hope. When parents elect to expand their family by bringing a child into the world, it is in the hope that that child will inherit a world framed by good fortune and fueled by possibility. When that child matures into the knowledge of cause and effect, they begin to hope that their choices and their actions will bring about desired results. This is why that this week, in fact, we will celebrate the class of 2015. And in so many ways, commencement season is a celebration of hope. Hope fulfilled. Dreams, desires, and determination realized. Students graduating from this university represent not only their hopes, but the hopes of so many others. There was the hope of that benefactor, that benefactor that contributed money generations ago. They had faith that one day the seed of their financial gift would grow to educate innumerable students. There was the hope of that Korean immigrant, a hope now realized in that granddaughter graduating from medical school. Fifty years ago, they came to this country with the hope that they could provide their children's children with expanded opportunities. Similarly, this week, we will see the hope of a North Carolina tobacco farmer, Walter Washington, that farmer's hope will march across the stage as his great-grandson will accept a degree from Harvard College. Hope. That thing than which we believe in, though based, it's based on little tangible evidence. Hope. That ideal in which we put our trust and informs our actions. Hope. A commitment to a vision that to others may appear implausible, immature, and inconceivable. Yet it provides life for those with the will and the courage to believe. Nevertheless, my friends, while we gather here this week to celebrate the class of 2015, while we congregate to celebrate the hopes of generations that came before us, and while we assemble to honor the faith of those who made success possible, there is something that you and I must always remember. And that is that hope is a perpetual challenge. Hope is an ongoing responsibility. Commencement marks the completion of an educational task, but the term itself literally means beginning. And the same is true for hope. Hope beckons us. Hope pushes us to go forth. Hope impels us to extend that which we now know is possible to confront a new challenge of impossibility. In other words, hope is hard. Hope allows us to celebrate only long enough to imagine a new horizon and conceive of new possibilities. 
This is why we must be mindful that the euphoria of a particular dream fulfilled can often leave us with a crushing hangover of unanswered questions. Questions like, what do I do now? Now that I stand on the shoulders and benefited from the hopes of others, what is my call and what's my demand? Questions like, how do I accept my duty to accept hope's challenge? And questions like, how do I set out on my quest to dream the impossible, fight the unbeatable, bear the unbearable, and reach the unreachable? These are the difficult questions facing you, class of 2015. Just as these are the difficult questions facing all of us, whether we graduated from school five years ago or 50 years ago, whether we graduated from the school of business or the school of hard knocks, hope holds us to account. Hope is a never-ending question that eludes any correct answer, even as it demands from us constant attention. This is why having faith is so important. For we have to put our faith and trust in something outside of ourselves unless we succumb to the very human temptations of optimism and or pessimism. Optimism and pessimism. What theologian Reinhold Niebuhr considered the enemies or the antonyms of hope. Well, many of us here, many of us here believe that the opposite of hope is doubt. But I am here to say that that is theologically incorrect. For the opposite of hope is not doubt. The opposite of hope is certainty. And certainty is a coin with two dangerous sides. One side being optimism and the other side being pessimism. For optimism is counter to hope because it's grounded in a certainty that life will always get better. It's a belief that goodness and progress will always roll in on the wheels of inevitability. Yet this is the sort of certainty that short circuits our human capacity to act. This is the sort of certainty that leads us to ignore the suffering of others and abdicate our duty to both envision and work tirelessly to create a better world. Hoping that Hope is that which we cannot see. Hope for the things that we cannot see. It becomes supplanted by the things that we can see around us. But as the Apostle Paul says in Romans 8, putting our trust in things that we can see, that is not faith, that is not hope at all. This is why whenever you and I put our trust in our own ability and our own intelligence, whenever we put our faith in our human capacity to do good, and whenever we rely on the attainment of creature comforts and material possessions to make us happy, we have allowed ourselves to be trapped in optimism that ensnares us. And anybody here who's lived long enough or lived well enough can testify that suffering, evil, and disappointment are are as ever-present as the air we breathe. History, it's replete with the inexplicable tragedy. It's replete with suffering that we can never explain. 
Human intelligence is too often used to make evil more efficient. Nor can money or material bring us joy. Thus, if we put our faith and our trust, if we put it in the things that we can see and do fail to put it in something that's greater than ourselves, then our optimism will quickly flip over into pessimism. And life will become void of meaning. And a meaningless life becomes a self-centered life. A life that focuses on little more than hoarding resources for ourselves. And to be sure, I know few of us here this morning consider ourselves pessimists. But quite often our practices say something different about ourselves. Think about the primary goal. The primary student in the class of 2015 whose goal in life is to earn as much money as possible, receive notoriety and acclaim, or climb the ladder of privilege and power. That's a pessimistic outlook on life. Some do it with a cold indifference to others. They're honest about it. They don't mind singing along with Billie Holiday. Them that's got shall have, them that's not shall lose. Mama may have and Papa may have, but God bless the child that got his own. But then there's those of us who we veil our pessimism in a cloak of altruism. We adopt the language of sacrifice. We incorporate the values of care and compassion in our daily rhetoric. Some of us even build careers peddling progressive values. But when it's all said and done, the only person who benefits substantially from our efforts is ourself. And it's this sort of pessimistic outlook that can overtake our hope and dash our dreams against the rocks of society. And in the process, we resign to our selfishness. We fail to hold fast to our dreams of a better world that can only be born of our willingness to live out our hope. But you and I, we must hold on to our dreams. In the words of Langston Hughes, we must hold fast to our dreams. For if dreams die, life is like a broken winged bird that cannot fly. Hold fast to dreams. For when dreams go, life is a barren field. Frozen without snow. Hope, my friends. Hope is hard. Living in hope is difficult. This is why the Apostle Paul tells the community in Romans, in this morning's text, that there is indeed help for your hope. Beyond the certainty of human achievement that can only lead to false optimism or resigned pessimism. We must direct our hope to the spirit of the living God. For the spirit helps us in our weakness. Even when we do not know what to pray, where to turn, what to do, or where to go, turn to God in prayer, he says. For the spirit will intercede and encourage us to continue on in the fight. God offers us help with our hope. In the words of the recently beatified martyred priest Oscar Romero, we know that every effort to improve society, particularly a society that is so full of injustice and sin, it's an effort that God ultimately blesses. It's an effort that God wants. 
It's an effort, the priest said, that God demands of us. And if God wants, if God blesses, and if God demands of us the duty of hope for a better world, then we must believe, my friends, that God will aid us in our efforts. The Spirit of God will provide us help for our hope. As the class of 2015 embarks out on the trail of life, as we all continue along the path that God has ordained for us, may we not get weary in our well-doing. May we fight off the temptations of despair, for we can take comfort in the fact that there is a God that's willing to walk with us all along the way. This reminds me of a story that my mother keeps framed on her wall back in Atlanta. It tells the story of a person looking back over their life with the Lord and seeing two sets of footprints in the sand. One set of footprints belonged to the believer. The other set of footprints belonged to God. But the believer noticed something that she found troubling. She noticed that at the most difficult moments in her life, there was only one set of footprints. This caused her to ask a question of God. She said, Lord, when I decided to follow you, you said that you would walk with me the entire way. Lord, when I put my trust in you, I believe that you would never leave me nor forsake me. Yet, when I was at my lowest... When I suffered from fear and from doubt, when I suffered from despondency, depression, and the death of loved ones, I only see one set of footprints in the sand. Lord, when I needed you the most, why would you leave me? And to this the Lord replied, my precious child, I told you that I would never leave you nor forsake you. I told you that I would be a friend that would stick closer than a brother or a sister. And when you see only one set of footprints, you need to know that those footprints do not belong to you. For they belong to me. For when you were at your lowest, those were the times that I picked you up and I carried you on. And for somebody here today, for somebody here who feels that you might be running low on hope, for somebody here who is not sure where to go or where to turn, I'm here to tell you to keep walking on in hope. For when the storms of life are raging and you're frustrated and fall into despair, trust and know that the Lord will pick you up and carry you safe in God's arms. Keep the faith. Hold on, class of 2015. Hold on, my friends and believers. For the Spirit of God is help for us in our hope.